Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center. We're in Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to be with you this morning for our congregation at prayer. You can see I'm recording from home. Um, not been terribly happy with the internet at church, apparently. Not too terribly happy with it here at home either. Uh, so it goes. Um, also, what was I going to say? Oh, today, uh, Thursday, October 15th, 2020, um, school is out. And the story today for our catechesis and the story for tomorrow for our catechesis are, is it's actually one story. It's the story of Balaam's uh, donkey from Numbers 22 all the way through to Numbers... Where's where is it in tomorrow? I'm sorry, I didn't know it off the top of my head. Uh, basically through numbers 24. Yeah, so we're going to do half of it today, and then we'll do the second half tomorrow, rather than try to compact it all into one day. Uh, and so I will send this out uh, to the day school children, so they'll be able to join us, uh, even though they're not in their classroom. So they can continue the prayers as, as they do there. All right, uh, so you'll... I don't think they're going to be watching live, but they can watch on replay. Very good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our psalm this week is Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. And Psalm 93 is our psalm for this week. The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, he has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading today, actually we begin a new continuous series of our second reading, and that is Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. 
But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. There ends the reading. Pretty intense, yeah? It's a great way to start the book. Um, oh, I see a comment here, and I, I should have said it earlier, uh, from Michael regarding Psalm 106. He says, This morning um, I read it as part of my yearly Bible readings, and it reads as a sort of, quote, cliff notes, end quote, for our Old Testament readings for the past few weeks. Um, actually, that sounds very similar to what Luther said, is that he said that the Psalms um, are the layman's Bible, I think is how he put it. The Psalms are the layman's Bible. And you can learn everything you need to know about God, about history, about time, Christ, um, especially, about his suffering and death for sins. You can learn it from the Psalms, just by praying the Psalms. So, good. Glad you recognize that. All right. Uh, let's see. So, I said today we do the first half. So, we go up through, uh, just through verse 38 of chapter 22 of Numbers. Then the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were so many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them, nor or you shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So, Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent princes more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of, Beor, of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will certainly honor you greatly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come and curse this people for me. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were, given, were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore, please, you also stay here tonight, that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. Right. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men came or come to you, come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose early in the morning saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. 
Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his hand, or took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards, with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me. I wish there were a sword in my hand for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you, that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Now when Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab, which is on the border of the Arnon, the boundary of the territory. Then Balak said to Balaam, Did I not earnestly send to you, calling for you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? And Balaam said to Balak, Look, I have come to you. Now have I any power at all to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that I must speak. There ends the reading. A pretty incredible reading, if I do say so. <laughs> Myself. All right, let's go all the way back to the beginning of this. And again, we're going to do this in two halves, so we'll conclude the story tomorrow. Otherwise, we'd be in catechesis all morning. All right. Where was Israel camped? What does it say? Yeah, at the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. And what had Israel done to the Amorites? This was back in Numbers 21, so that came after our reading yesterday, but before our reading today. We skipped over that. They had captured the Amorites, they struck them down, leaving no survivors, and then they took possession of their land. All right, what were the name, names of the two kings involved with the Amorites? Those were Sihon and Og, right? Actually, that is a really fun story. Um, so it might be worth your effort to go back and read the rest of chapter 21. Um, how did the Moabites 
respond to the arrival of the Israelites. You see this in verse 3. Yeah, they were exceedingly afraid. They were terrified because of the children of Israel. Uh, news gets out, doesn't it? Uh, remember, now, who are the Moabites? Who was Moab? I know, I think we've talked, I think we talked about this, maybe even uh, just a few days ago. For this, let's go to the genealogy back, or, yeah, genealogy back in chapter 19 of Genesis. This is after Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. Thus, both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Ammon, or the Ammonites, to this day. Or Amorites, actually. Right, so the Moabites um, is the grandson of Lot by his own daughter. So there's that. So these are descendants of Lot by his own daughters. Who was the king of Moab? We meet him here today in verse 2. Verse, actually verse 4, I think, tells him. Yeah, verse 4 tells us the son of Zippor, Balak the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites. So Balak is the king. For whom did Balaam send? He requested Balaam, right? So Balak and Balaam. <laughs> the son of Beor, which you don't have to remember. But to keep it here, Balak is the king, like Malak, Melek is the word for king, so Balak is king, and then Balaam is the messenger. Balaam lives at Pethor, it says near the river. Which river is that? Famous river? The river Euphrates. What did Balak, Balak ask Balaam to do? See this in, uh, well, that's in between, actually, the text. Verses 5 and verse 12, I think, right? No, he says it here. Look, a people has come out from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Right? And what does he want him to do is to curse them. Uh, let's see. Go back to your land. I'm looking at the, oh yeah, the verse here, 12, right? Um, it sounds familiar. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. Those you bless are blessed and those you curse are cursed, right? That's Balaam's job. Um, where have we heard that phrase before? That was actually the Lord's promise to Abram, right? Um, in Genesis 12. Right? Those who um, bless you are blessed, and those who curse you are cursed. Um, so, why is this important? This blessing and this cursing. Well, the reader, you, are led to behold the faithfulness of the Lord to his people, for he will not allow them to be cursed. That's Israel, right? But will curse those who curse them. So, we're getting this backstory, this side story, so that we can see how God fulfills or keeps that promise um, for his people, Israel. All right. Um, let's see. Who went to see Balaam? We have the princes, right, that come to see him right here in verse 15. These are the princes um, of Moab and of 
Midian was the other one, right? Yeah, Midian. That, oh, there it is, in verse 4, yeah. Midian, the company. Um, what did they take along with them? Yeah, these princes, what did they take along with them? They actually take along money um, for, for divination. Divination being attempting to see the future by magic or satanic arts. So again, this is in between our readings here today. Uh, what did Balaam ask the elders of Moab and Midian to spend the night? Um, in verse 8, I don't know, we have questions here, but we didn't actually read that part. Oh well. Um, actually, Balaam uses the true, the name of the true God in verse eight. Um, so let's see what the, exactly how that goes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I left that out. Uh, yeah, here it is. He said to them, lodge here tonight and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me, the true God. All right. So we see that Balaam, um, is, is a, a true believer. I shouldn't have skipped around here. I should have put in all those verses for you. All right. Anyway, back to verse 12. Um, what did God tell Balaam? Yeah. Not to go with the men and not to curse the people whom he's blessed. What did Balaam tell the Moabite princes the next morning? We see this in verse 13. Yeah. Go back to your own country for the Lord has refused uh, to let him go with them. And how did Balak respond? <laughs> yeah, I know those B names. In verse 15 and 17, Balaam, or excuse me, Balak, the king, responds by saying that he, he will send other princes more numerable um, and more honorable than they and more distinguished. But will Balaam do what Balak wants? No, he says in verse 18, even if you were to give me a whole house filled with silver and gold, um, he could do, Balaam could do nothing great or small and go beyond the word of the Lord his God. It's quite clear there. All right, in verse 20, um, RSV, New King James, ESV have a translation. If the men come to call you, go with them. All right, so you see this in verse in verse 20 here, if the men come to call you, rise and go with them. All right. Now, NIV says, since these men have come to summon you. Hmm. Um, what about, why should we add this if? Yeah, if the men come. What is God, what did God tell Balaam that night? Only to act or to do as God told him to do and go with the Moabites if they call him, right? Not since, but if. So that, that translation of that word is quite important. Recognize that we're talking about um, Balaam being faithful to God's word. Did the men call Balaam? Uh, no. <laughs> but Balaam got up and went with them anyway. All right, so you see that? If the men come to call you. But verse 21, it just skips over. They never came and called him. Balaam just rose in the morning and went with them. Anyway, and so that's why God is angry. We see this in verse 22. 
I'm very angry. Um, and the angel of the Lord then takes his stand. Now, who is the angel of the Lord? We've talked about this at length, repeatedly. The second person of the Holy Trinity, uh, but before the incarnation. How many men were on the road uh, with Balaam? What does it say there? Yeah, he's with his two servants, right? Now, who alone saw the angel of the Lord? This is quite curious, isn't it? The story is terrific. Yeah, only the donkey. And what did she see? The angel of the Lord with a drawn sword. Sword, yeah, in his hand. Huh. So, what'd she do? This is what you do when you meet an angel with a sword. <laughs> Turn aside from the way and go into the field. But Balaam, of course, yeah, beat her and turned her back to the road. So what did the angel of the Lord do next? Now he stood in the narrow place between the vineyards with a wall on either side. What did the donkey do? Went off to the side, right, and pushed against the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against the wall to try to get past the angel. Again, Balaam's reaction is to beat the donkey. What does the angel of the Lord do the third time? We see this in verse 26 there. Goes to the narrow place, right? Uh, With no room to turn to the right or the left. And what did the donkey do? This is like Pavlov's dog, actually. (laughs) Just gives up, right? Just lays down under Balaam. Balaam again beats the donkey, beats her with the staff. And now, this is where it gets a lot of fun. What does the angel... um, of the Lord do? What strange thing does the Lord do? That's right, opens the donkey's mouth to speak. How many times did animals talk in the Bible? Probably only think of one other time. And yes, that's the temptation by the serpent in Genesis 3. What did the donkey ask Balaam? What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? You see that in verse 28? And how did Balaam respond? You have made a fool of me. What have I done to you? Right? If I had a sword, I would kill you right now. Because you have abused me. You've made me a fool. Who really did have a sword? <gasps> Funny that. Yes, the angel did. Hmm. Um, how did the... How did the donkey confront Balaam here in verse 30? Yeah, she asks if um, she had ever disobeyed him before. Now, what does the Lord do in verse 31? Yeah, opens Balaam's eyes so that uh, he can see the angel of the Lord standing on the road with the sword drawn. What path was Balaam following? See this in verse 32. I think this is helpful. Your way is perverse before me. Perverse or reckless, you might say. He's following a reckless path. right? Not according to the word of the Lord. What would have happened if the donkey had not seen the angel and then turned away? Balaam would have continued on this path. And this path leads, according to the angel, to death. I would have killed you by now. The Lord, in other words, would have killed Balaam. So what does Balaam confess? Verse 34. Yeah, that he has sinned. 
Uh, what did the angel of the Lord finally tell Balaam in verse 35? Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you, that I shall speak, right? So now to go on with the men, but only to say what God puts in his mouth. And what did Balaam declare in verse 38? That he would only speak what God had put in his mouth. That's right. All right, so tomorrow um, we're going to pick up, I think we're going to have to read quite a bit of chapter 23 uh, and some of 24, right? And then get into it. All right, so that's the, we're going to leave it there as a cliffhanger, and then uh, tomorrow we'll have a meditation on the text. (laughs) All right, let's confess our catechism for this week. Uh, The first article, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. We pray. Heavenly Father, you are God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the creator and sustainer of all things. We give thanks to you that you have made us and all creatures, that you have given us our bodies and souls, eyes, ears, and all our members, our reason, and all our senses, and that you still take care of them. You also give us clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, spouse and children, land, animals, and all we have. You richly and daily provide us with all that we need to support this body and life. You defend us against all danger and guard and protect us from all evil. All this you do for us out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us. Grant us through the grace of your only begotten Son to believe that this is most certainly true, to ever thank and praise, serve and obey you as long as we live. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray on this Thursday for Christ, or for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, especially the Federowitz family, Um, our teachers, including our teachers at St. John, all deaconesses, all church musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church. Pray for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. We pray for our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry. Pray for deliverance from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. We pray for our military and law enforcement personnel. On this October 15th, we pray in Thanksgiving uh, with Amy, who celebrates her birthday, with Jim, who celebrates his baptism, with Grant, who made the good confession of faith this past Sunday, and with Don and Karen, who continue to rejoice in the gift of granddaughter. We ask the Lord grant healing to those who are ill, um, who are undergoing treatment or in recovery, especially Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Pastor Fritch, Marlene, Brad, Janet, and Timothy. Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, and Steve, and also Jean. We pray for our homebound, Bev and David, Willis and Janice and Mickey. And we pray for the missions, mission work, mercy work, actually, of the South Wisconsin District Disaster Relief, who are assisting those who are suffering uh, after two hurricanes in the South. 
For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray our collect for this week. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week. Triune God, be thou our stay, or let us perish never. Thus from our sins we pray, and grant us life forever. Keep us from the evil one, uphold our faith most holy, and let us trust thee so holy, with humble hearts and holy. Let us put God's armor on, with all true Christians running, our heavenly race and shunning, the devil's wiles and cunning. Amen, amen, this be done. So sing we hallelujah. All right, that concludes our 2020. So glad to have you with us. A special welcome to our day school children. I hope you were benefited from this too. What a great story. Too bad we can't read it in school, right? about a talking donkey and an angel with a sword. The angel of the Lord Jesus. All right. Uh, And we'll pick up there tomorrow. If you didn't have an opportunity to uh, tune in live last night for our Bible study, where we were in Hebrews 2, thought we'd get to chapter 3. We didn't. We didn't even really finish chapter 2. So uh, we'll dig back into that next week, uh, Wednesday evening. And, uh, of course, you can join us again tomorrow 
as we'll uh, finish out the story of Balaam and his donkey and the king Balak. Yeah, you can get it all straight now. All right, Lord be with you all. We'll see you tomorrow.